0: Hey, Mother's Day joke. Who would like a Mother's Day joke? No, there's not enough people wanting it, so we'll skip it. (laughs) You want a Mother's Day joke? All right. This little girl asks her mum, why are some of your hairs white? Mother says, well, every time you do something wrong, it it makes me unhappy, and one of my hairs turns white. Little girl thinks for a while, then says, so how come all of grandma's hairs are white? Oh, you mums that, you know, your kids are upsetting you. What did you do to your own mum? Aha, uh-huh. this is the question you must ask. So often there is sowing and reaping. Let's move on to the sermon. Father, we thank you for your presence and Holy Spirit. I just pray this morning you will speak to us. That Lord, every, this, today, this, before the service is out, everyone under the sound of my voice, whether on television or here seated here, Lord, will have a moment with you will hear your voice to the extent that their life will be changed father that's the mission of your heart for this service today so father give us ears to hear and minds to focus concentrate and receive from you lord your word personally to our hearts in jesus name amen how many of you would love to hear god's voice to you personally Well, it's coming right now. You're going to hear it. In the midst of everything I say, there's a word specifically for you. We're going to look at maybe the greatest mother well, and the greatest woman possibly in the Bible and learn a profound truth from her life that can change our lives. I'm looking at Mary, the mother of Jesus, who is entrusted with one of the highest callings ever given to a human being, and that was to be the mother of... Of the Son of God, the mother of Jesus God Himself. So, how did she successfully accomplish that mission? You may think you've got a tough call and mission in your life, but how did she do this? Luke 2 16 to 19, uh, a bit of paraphrase here. They, the shepherds, hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things. And pondered them in her heart. Some were amazed, some wondered, but Mary pondered. Pondered the words spoken to her. She meditated on them. This is what changed her life. You know, it is vital, I believe, key for you and I doing God's will, uh, what He's planned for our lives, enjoying His blessing. Hearing what He speaks to us, the key is to ponder what God says, to think about it, to meditate on it, because that will result in a moment, an encounter that will change your life. So let's go to Luke chapter 1, 30-32, and we read these words. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Imagine if that was you, as mum, hearing those words. Like, wouldn't you be an absolute total shock? And behold, you will conceive, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. A mother is given prime place in the salvation of the world, and they continue to play, I believe, a vital role uh, in this mission of God. They're responsible for raising kids in the ways of God, of course, along with the fathers as well. But uh, some of them are great intercessors, and they uphold the church and the mission of God. I believe they're a key to New Zealand and beyond, UK and beyond, Pakistan and beyond, to reaching the nations. Ronald Reagan, the 49th president of the United States, said this, from my mother, I learned the value of prayer, how to have dreams And believe I could make them come true. The influence of a mother is extraordinary. One of the greatest attributes of Mary, the mother, could we say of all mothers, was she pondered what God spoke to her and she did it. She did it. She was not just a hearer, she was a doer of the word. And it is a fantastic quality to have. It's an extraordinary quality for any of us to have that we actually hear God's word and then we do it. Yeah, right. So often we hear, if you're like me, and we don't do. So to be like Mary, who fulfilled her destiny, who's extraordinary calling on her life, I think the key was she pondered, she heard God's voice, she had a moment and she changed her life and she fulfilled what God had planned for her. See, for all of us, there's huge potential in our hearts, both for good and for bad. So God wants us to love him, serve him, worship him, and all the rest of it. But the enemy wants to stop that. We understand that, don't we? He hates you loving God and serving him. So Mary's a great example of how to make sure the words God speaks to us take root in our lives and bring forth fruit. And that is clearly through meditating and pondering. God's words are seeds that he sows. He's sowing this morning into our hearts. But what happens to them depends a lot on how we receive them. See, New Zealand beyond moved from messages to moments. It was quite amazing. People encountered God, met with God. There was probably over 100 healings took place. Quite an unusual conference. And it's those moments that change our lives. And God is moving us, I believe, as a church from Messages, just hearing messages to having moments. Our lives being touched, changed, transformed, either during the message or during a time after the message. So, you know, while you're listening to a message, if you can receive one jewel of truth and do something with it, it will have been worth your while coming. It been worth the effort of being here. If you can just grab one. And I want to encourage you now, every time you read your Bible or listen to a sermon from anyone, life group, youth group, anywhere, to write down one key thought. One point, just one. Not many, just one. And then ponder it. Do something with it. Have a moment and it'll change your life. Just one thing. Encourage you to do that. As you listen today, have an attitude of, absolute expectation. You're waiting for that moment that God's going to speak to you. Because He is. The only question, will you hear it? He's going to speak. Heaven itself is coming to you this morning with a word directly to your life. The key is, can you tune in enough to hear it and have a moment that changes your life forever? God has a word for you in every message, even if the message is Terrible and boring and useless. God still has a word for you. So when it gets boring, don't tune out. This is New Zealand Beyond. A lot of fantastic messages, incredible verses, illustrations, stories, and all the rest of it. But what I heard most of all was just two words. So that, so that this gospel of the kingdom may be preached from your neighbor to the ends of the earth. That was my moment. I took those words. I've taken those words. I'm still speaking about them today. I've contacted Joel and said, will you send me the notes of so that? Because I want to, that God spoke to me, I want to ponder those words now. I want to, them to continue to give me moments that change my life forever that my heart for mission will go to another level because I've encountered God. I've had a moment through a message. It wasn't just a message I heard and thought, wow, that was cool, wasn't that awesome? Do nothing with it, because if I do nothing with it, nothing changes in my life. See, we can sit through messages, read the Bible, and nothing happen in our hearts. Nothing shifts. Proof? I think we all know of some people who have been in church for 20 years Heard hundreds of messages, but their life is barely any different from the day they walked into the church till now. There's been little change. In fact, some have gone backwards. America, Western nations have some of the best preachers in the world. Thousands of them. You can go on the internet, TV, listen to them all the time. But you know what? Those nations are not being changed. Why is that? How do you have fantastic messages? You know, they did a survey of 800 lifestyles that we have, social lifestyles between Christians and non-Christians. 800 areas. They surveyed thousands of people, and they discovered this, that the lifestyle of those outside the church was barely different to those inside the church. Friends, what's going on? What's happening? That the church is similar to the world, which tells me one thing, that phenomenal messages don't change people's lives. World-class preaching is not the answer. Zechariah 4, 6, not by might, nor by power, not by preaching, not by excellence or persuasion, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. The Spirit must come on the Word, touch us and change us and transform us. I heard recently of a one of the states in America that has more mega churches, churches of over five thousand, than any other state in that nation, and yet that state is one of the most ungodly states in the, in America. How can friends? There's a disconnect. How can you have massive mega churches with world class preachers that your church is increasing and the the city is declining, the state is declining, going backwards? What's happening in churches is not bringing transformation. First to our lives and then into the society and into the community as well. There's a huge disconnect. So preaching in mega churches won't do it. You know, people think, oh, I've got, I've got to hear the speaker. No! You can hear speakers on the internet every day. You need to hear God. We focus too much on a speaker instead of focusing on God. It's a mistake, I believe. We need to have moments because moments change lives. They change families, which change communities, which can change cities, which change nations. It all starts with our hearts being transformed, and they're transformed through moments. So let's go to Matthew chapter 13. Read the parable of the sower, which we know pretty well. Verse 19 following. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, like you're hearing this morning, does not understand it, Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. Notice how the wicked one's right there. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself. So he's heard the word, endures only for a while when tribulation or persecution arises. Because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. Comes to church, hears God. But then the cares of this world, deceitful of riches, choke the word again, unfruitful. But he who receives seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundred fold, some sixty, and some thirty. So in each case, <coughs> the seed was good. But whether it produced a crop depended on the condition of the soil. So whether God's word, whether the words that God speaks to us transform our lives, comes down to the condition of our hearts. Think about this. You know, from the moment the seed starts to take root in your life, the enemy has to think of ways to choke it. And stop it bearing fruit. So you don't have a moment, you don't have an encounter, your life has not changed like Mary's. So we need to be really good listeners. Just ask the person next to you, are you listening well this morning? (laughs) Are you? We have to be very intentional in receiving God's word. So we can be too quick in hearing his word like that thing, the soil, the seed on the soil. We can have shallow soil. Um, We can be too stubborn. or That's rocky, hard soil. We can be too self-focused. That's a thorny sail and nothing really happens. Or we can be really attentive and ready to receive whatever God wants to say to us. See, the soil of our heart is critical. To be a good listener, your heart has to be prepared to listen. I'm here to listen. If you're in a hurry, you're not going to listen well. If you're distracted, you're not going to listen well. If you're thinking about what's lunch on Mother's Day, you're not going to listen well. If you're troubled, you're not going to listen well. It takes a tremendous focus to listen well, not be distracted, and to receive God's word. And then ponder it and have a moment with God that changes your life. Listen to this. From the moment you come to church or from the moment you start listening to a message, the devil has one goal. To make sure you don't hear God's voice. You don't have a moment. Your life is not changed. And you leave exactly the same as you came. That's his goal. I wonder how much success he has. He's working right now. He's got to distract you. He's got to stop you hearing what God's wanting to say to you. Because God's the heaven is about to come right into your heart. He's got an explosive word for you that will change you. Now the devil knows this. And he thinks, man, if, if he hears this word or she hears this word, I'm done. They're going to they're gonna be changed. I've got to stop this. I've got to pull out all stops that they don't hear the voice of God. And they don't have a moment. They're not transformed. We'll talk a bit more about that later. So Tonga, I talked to them about God touching their hearts, about having a moment while listening to a message or on a response time. I told them the best messages in the world will do little for their good unless... They have a moment that changes them. You know, a lot of you can think of, man, I heard that message. Man, it was so unbelievable. And I'll say to you, yeah, and what did you do with it? Oh, nothing. Did it change your life? No, but it was an unbelievable message. The devil's won the day. That's exactly what he wants. He wants us to live and hear unbelievable messages that don't change us. They experienced in Tonga the presence of God. They had moments with the Lord. Something they'd had little of before and they wanted more. They said, we want more of this. I said, you want more encounters with God? You want more moments with God? They said, yeah, we want. I said, then you need to come to New Zealand and beyond. They said, okay, we're coming. 81 signed up and paid to come to New Zealand and beyond next year. Because I told them, if you come, you're going to have moments with God. That's why our music team and our, our choir are fasting and praying three days every week now. Because they're going to deliver those moments for us. Otherwise, the Tongans, and you don't mess with Tongans, they're not going to be happy with me. The Tongans are coming. They've asked for They reckon there will be 120 of them plus. They've asked for an entire section of the trust arena. Wow. Friends, that were touched by God. You see, they had a moment, and that moment has caused action. Decisions have made. It's going to cost them thousands of dollars to come here. That's how hungry they are. And they're going to come. Tongans will come from Tonga. They're going to come from Australia, and they're going to come from the United States. Here's some photos of Tonga. There you go. I'm famous. (laughs) I'm now on a water bottle in Tonga. Reaching beyond. It was the first, that's the first time I've ever been on a water bottle. I've been on TV, but I've never been on a water bottle. <laughs> there you go. Breakthrough. That was a view from outside my um, hotel. They reckon Tonga's one of the most beautiful islands in the world, or especially around the beaches and that. Next one. That was uh, the guy, um, uh, Steve and Moni. He's a very, very influential. One of the key leaders in the Tongan church. got the largest Tongan church in the world. How about that, eh? Next one. Yep, that was the night service. It was a great service. And there's one last one, I think, with food. Oh, they like their food. I tell you. There's uh, cassava and yams and fish and pork and pig. And oh, my goodness, and more fish. and Oh, wow. There's so many. Seaweed. And there's uh, the guy, he's... He's a big boy. You don't mess with him. I, had a, I ordered a, a steak one meal and I couldn't eat it. And he said, I said, do you want it? He said, yeah, and he ate it in one bite. <laughs> yeah. He's such a good guy. So I shared a message on prayer and this guy heard it. He had a moment with God. He said, we're going to do this. He said, from an hour on, my church will have a an all-night prayer meeting once a month. Did you get that, church? He heard, he had a moment, and now he's putting it into action. Life transformation, that will help change that nation. The president of the Assemblies of God came to the prayer breakfast when I was sharing on prayer, and he had a moment with God. And he said, from next week, I'm going to gather all our leaders together Every week at a certain location at 5 a.m., five days a week, and we're going to pray for one hour at least. A message. He heard the voice. He had a moment, and it changed him. Action. Wow, Tonga is going to turn to Jesus with that sort of response. It was incredible. After the Sunday night service, I was told that um, at midnight, those who attended that service, the pastors, were still talking about the sermon and discussing it. Moments. Transformation. Extraordinary. It's like a bit of an open heaven, to be honest. That Sunday night, I had an altar call for salvation. There was 25 people gave their lives to Christ. which shocked the Tongans. They said, where did these people come from? One of them was a leading businesswoman. Receiving Christ, she's weeping. And after she's received Christ, she signed up for New Zealand and Beyond 19. A moment. Transformation. Before I got up to preach, they said to me, by the way, Miss Tonga is in your service. She's heard how good-looking you are. I just had to throw that in to wake some of you up. She's unsaved. When I gave the altar call, she gave her life to Christ. That's why tonight we're going to go after moments, transformation, change. It is well with my soul. Open doors, open heaven, move mountains, so how can we retain and treasure what God speaks to us? How can we have moments? Well, if you came to church and someone gave you $10,000, how many would like that, by the way? There weren't many in the first service. A few more here, okay. Most people don't want $10,000. I can understand that. But if, you, if you, someone gave you $10,000, you wouldn't walk out and forget about it, would you? No. You wouldn't leave it lying on your seat? Or carelessly drop it while you're looking for your car keys. Would you do that? No. We would guard it with our life. We'd treasure it. We'd be checking, Is it still there? Is it still there? Every few minutes you say, "Is it still there?" You wouldn't want to lose it. Would you treasure it so much? 10,000 dollars. My goodness. So why would you treasure it so much? Why? Because $10,000 is so valuable to us. There's something more valuable than $10,000. Thank you for that overwhelming response. (laughs) I'm just shocked at that response. A word from this book. I'm telling you. Give it to me any day. You can have your $10,000 because this will change your life. $10,000 probably wreck your life. This will change your life. We treasure. When God speaks to us, we value it. It's what Mary did. She pondered it. She thought about it. She fulfilled her destiny. God's word is so important. When it says Mary treasured these things, the word for things in Luke 2.19 is rema. Logos is a printed word, rhema is the spoken word, the now word, what God's saying to us today, and that's a powerful word. And that's what we want to hear in every service, or every time we read the Bible, and that's what we need to treasure and ponder over and over. And the one meaning of ponder is encounter. Isn't that interesting? One me- to ponder, one means is, it actually means encounter. So what it's saying is, when you ponder, that's when you can encounter. That's when you can have a moment receive what God's got to say to you. We think it over. We have to be very proactive. It doesn't just happen. When God speaks, we think we'll remember it, but we don't. We forget. I'm almost too scared to ask, but I wonder how many of you can remember what I spoke about two weeks ago. Don't put your hands up. It's too discouraging. Probably not many. Why? Because a thief makes sure he steals the word. I spoke on God delights to be good to you. If some of you grabbed that word and pondered it, you'd be experiencing more of God's doing good things for you. That's what would be happening. Seriously, it would be happening. God doesn't speak just rubbish and throw out words that are meaningless that nothing happens with. If you take a word and say, okay, I'm, I'm receiving that. If you receive this word today, I can almost guarantee you, you'll begin to have moments with God. If you really follow through on what we're sharing here today. The evil one does everything to snatch the good seed before it takes root and does us any good before it changes us. So when God speaks, we have to capture it. I wonder if you've written it down already today, what God's spoken to you. What has he said? Because he's speaking a word that you need desperately to hear. It's a word that's going to bring you breakthrough. It's going a word that's going to progress you. It's going a word that's going to move you forward. You know, you'll be out trying to work out, what are the keys, God? How do I move forward? What is the answer? What are you saying, God? How do I get my breakthrough? God, why is all this happening? God, I'm all so confused. Well, right now, God's wanting to give a specific word to you. That is the answer. Because that's the way God works. But you've got to tune in. Fine-tune to hear what God is wanting to say into your life. Because right at the same time, the devil is doing everything he can to stop you hearing and stop the word taking root that produces fruit. Acts 3 verse 5 and 6 says, He gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. You remember a man at the, 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 that was lying there? And he hears these words and he's been um, paralyzed and he has a great miracle. The man had a moment with God and was healed. To help you hear God's voice in a message, to have a moment, all right? This is how, I want to give, give you some suggestions, all right? About five suggestions. You ready for these? The first one is this. The key words in Acts 3 that led to a moment that healed him was he gave them his attention. He gave them his attention. This lame man, he was so focused on Peter and John expecting to receive something. When we come into a service, we need to come with such attention, expecting to receive something from God, something from the Holy so expectant. I wonder what your expectancy level is like today. That's what he had. He gave them his attention, expecting to receive something. Every time you listen to the word of God, we need to be expectant. Your concern is not the speaker to the side. It's not even the theme of the message. It's not even the quality of the message. You are here for one thing, to hear the voice of God. To hear what God has to say for you today in your life. Because he's got something to say. I can't say that enough. My sheep hear my voice. We're friends of God. Friends talk to one another. God talks to you. Tonga was there was extraordinary hunger in Tonga. They were on the edge of their seats. They were so expectant, and God did not disappoint. Do you know why? Hunger gets the attention of heaven. Your level of hunger today will determine how much you receive. Bible says, "Blessed are those who hunger and thirst; they shall be filled." Filled with what? Filled with God. Filled with his voice, filled with his presence, filled with moments, filled with God, those who hunger and thirst. Wow. So, Tonga, they were so hungry, God opened the heavens and he did not, as I said, disappoint them. The key to a dynamic relationship with God is hearing his voice and having moments. Without that, friends, it's religion. It's dead. It's boring. It's lifeless. It's a struggle to get to church. Matthew 4, verse 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every time we hear God's voice, it's a key to a wonderful relationship with God. Secondly, be excited to be in church. And hearing God's voice and hearing God's word. You know, (laughs) we can actually sometimes attend meetings we don't want to be at. We can sometimes come to a service and we'd rather not be there. We'd rather be at home and bed or cooking or doing something else. We just, don't, we just don't really want to be there. We're not excited to be there. So we come, we don't expect anything, and we don't get anything. And then we go home saying, man, that was a pretty useless service. Music was poor. Message was worse. I think I'll skip next Sunday. It's exactly what happens. If you don't have a moment, you notice know, when we had the charismatic move in the 70s. It was extraordinary. People would not miss services. Seriously. That expectation was through the roof. And God did not disappoint. There was such hunger. People would run. The front rows would fill up. You'd have to fight for the front rows. It's a different day, but it's coming back. Amen. With greater intensity and greater force and greater power. It's going to be amazing. So... <clears throat> Number three, engage with the speaker. You're not distracted. Fix your eyes on the you speaker. Your eyes should be focused on the speaker the whole time. You don't shift your eyes away at all because you're, because you're not actually focusing really on the speaker. You're just focusing on what God is going to say through the speaker. But your eye, your attention, because as soon as you're, you know, you're gone. You're, seriously, you're gone. You're not going to hear nothing because it takes every ounce of strength to focus in and engage with whoever might be speaking. So you're not distracted. You're not daydreaming. You're not talking to your neighbor. You're not on your iPhone or your iPad unless you're genuinely taking notes. Try to sit next to someone who's hungry for God, who's focused on the message, not someone who falls asleep. Unless it's your husband and wife and you have to sit next to them, but wake them up if you can. Don't be next to someone who's texting friends or on Facebook, all that sort of rubbish. You'll never hear the voice of God, seriously. It can't happen. I reckon we should ban all social media from coming in the church doors, but we probably can't do that. But we wouldn't lose much because we'd hear a lot more voice of God, we'd have a lot more moments, a lot more transformation. It probably would be worth it, but we're not about to enforce that because we wouldn't be able to anyway. Some of you just stay home instead. So listen intently, lean forward, lean in because you don't want to miss your moment. When I looked at it, the people in Tonga, they were so engaged. Seriously, they were just like bated breath. <laughs> what, was, what was it going to say next? It was, it was just really quite something. So, you know, keep focused and keep attentive because I'll tell you what's going to happen. At the moment God's about to speak to you, someone's going to say, hey, did you da-da-da? You just missed it. So, every time now, from now on, whenever someone starts to talk to you, you just remind yourself Pastor Tark said that's when the moment was going to come. Uh huh. Yeah. So, next time they do that, say, shut up. <laughs> Go and sit over there. Go and sit by yourself. Don't distract me from hearing from God. Are you the devil? <laughs> you look like one. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right, number four. Are you all right? Yeah. Too bad if you're not, I'm not finishing. All right, number four. Don't focus on who's speaking. Yeah. That's such a mistake. Yeah. We've already told you the best preachers in the world are not making any difference. Don't run after them. Don't focus. We can learn from anyone. Yeah. Yeah. If you're hungry enough, any food will satisfy You're fasting, honestly, the worst meal is going to satisfy you. It's not who's speaking. You know, don't think, oh, who's that? He's not on TV, is he? No, he's not on TV. I am, so listen to me. (laughs) Who who are they? Have they they built a church or what, what do they do? They're just in the crash, aren't they? No, God can speak through anyone. A prideful heart will disengage you from listening to people, because yeah. you think I can't learn from them. Yes, you can. Yeah. I could ask you, parents, how many of you have learned something from your kids? I mean, all of you. Your kids say something, and it, you just know it's a voice of God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly it's the voice of the devil, but occasionally it's the voice of God. <laughs> <clears throat> the last thing is this: prepare your heart before coming to church, yeah. before reading your Bible, before you just prepare your heart to God, please. Would you speak to me? I need a moment. I need to hear your voice. Think about this. You really do put a lot of effort in getting to church. You get up in the morning, change your outfit four times, put on your makeup, take off your makeup, change the color of your makeup. You know, you do your hair one way and you change it the other way. then you have an argument with the kids, and then you get in the car and someone cuts in you at the car park. You end up yelling at someone, and, you know, and then you finally get into church and you go, Man, finally I'm here. <clears throat> you put a lot of effort to getting into church. Can I want to say this? You need to maintain that effort right throughout the service. If you're going to receive from God, because it's very easy to come here and be passive, and you sort of wander through the worship, wander through the message, and you wander home. Nothing's happened. A church service is actually hard work. You have to focus. You have to engage. You have to concentrate. You have to worship. you got to listen with both ears. You can't miss your moment. It's work start to finish. It's work. But if you put in the work, it's going to change your life. You're going to have a moment that transforms you. It means quite a change in mindset. Because without that, we've just done our religious duty. Went to church on Sunday. Tick. But nothing changed. (laughs) The good news is, as a church, God is moving us from messages to moments. To encounters with God that change us. I believe, believe this is a very significant message that was shared with you this morning. And that is going to make your walk with God the most exciting life possible. We've moved and are moving from messages to moments that change our lives and will change our society and eventually our nation and nations.